Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before there was IMDb.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. (laughs) Either way, we know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah, this is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. You guys, you guys, you guys, you guys, you guys. Seriously. I've got the shakes. I'm so excited about today's interview. I don't even know how this happened. I, I, I mean, Zach can speak more to that because he lived it. I mean, I lived it too, but you guys, Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts is on our show today. The Eric Roberts. There's times in your life when you get rewarded for just being you and just doing, just doing what you do in life this is one of those moments for me a little backstory i was a kindergarten teacher for 15 years and taught amazing kids i stayed in contact with a lot of the kids and their parents and then one day i realized that one of my parents she grew up became eric roberts <laughs> she became eric no <laughs> yes oh no that's not the story no she's friends with eric roberts. oh that's not as exciting and i, I reached out to her and i said her. hey would you mind uh and she goes absolutely i would love to and the rest is history. What you're about to hear for the next hour plus is an interview with, well, one of my heroes growing up. Eric Roberts has been in The Best of the Best, which we covered last week. Please listen to that. 1989's amazing movie. We love it. Also, you know, he was maybe like nominated for some stuff. Maybe, you know, a little Star 80. A little Star, 80, Star 80. Runaway Train. Pope of Greenwich Village. What you're about to hear in this interview is insight from a legend. I want to point something out. Yes, please. Because I, I just noticed something. When we interviewed Eric Roberts, he had done 569 movies and TV shows, acting appearances on film. Now, it has only been like, not many weeks later, that number has jumped up to 570. Because <laughs> as we speak... He's probably in another... He's in another movie. Yep. The hardest working man 
in the world. You don't get to meet your heroes every day, but when you do, you hope they're as cool as you think they are. Well, <laughs> guess what? He is as cool as yeah. we hoped he would and be. And maybe just for us, because maybe you'll meet him and you'll be like, okay, well, I, you know, you guys really hyped it up and, you know. But but no, I think it's going to be I think it's gonna be amazing. And just, I mean, the stories, man, the insights. The stories, the insights, and and the compassion that he has. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our interview with... Has anyone ever said, sit back, don't relax, and enjoy? I'm sure some people have said sit back yeah. and not intended to Stand relax. up, get stretchy, and enjoy. Whether you're in Downward Dog or whether you're in your Barca Lounger, you're about to hear a fantastic interview with the one, the only... Eric Roberts. A team is not a team if you don't give a damn about one another. Going number one or number two? Trust dead. Mom, I gotta go. What does it take to turn five uncontrollable characters into one unbeatable team? Even with my help, it will be difficult, if not nearly impossible, to defeat a team from Korea. I'm afraid. You need this fight bad. You need this fight for you, man. I'm here to teach you how to win. Winning isn't a sometime. Winning is an all-time thing. This is the only thing I know I am good at. Don't take that away from me. You can work. You can sweat. You can train. You can dream and never be better than good. But when the right people come together at the right moment, when they care almost as much about winning as they do about each other, they can become the best of the best. I'm looking at two best of the best T-shirts on two cool cats. Hey, custom. Uh, and and what's great about them, they have all the cool people in the movie right there <laughs> from the fight <laughs> yeah. scenes. They Han, of course, Philip, me, and 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 the guy that I fought. What's his character's name? His character in the movie from Best of the Best. Um, oh, I'm surprised you don't know this by heart. No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to. Well, I'm the only one of oh, those. Oh, Seijin Kwan. Seijin Kwan. Yeah. And I did I'm, not have to look that up, by the way. Yes. No, he no. didn't, by the way. No. I can back that he up. He looked down. I'm Got the it. only one of those four on that man's chest and that man's chest who is nope. not in life a real black belt. 
But you were a martial artist, though. Like, you did take some training, uh, yeah. right? Yeah, I took a lot of training. And, you know, I could have maybe gotten a belt or two here and there. But I was a complete counterfeit. Absolutely. I was just I was just a badass who didn't who was not you know, scared to lead with his face. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Hence my nose. So, so you know. Yeah, so we're <laughs> so we're talking about the best of the best. Obviously, we love I guess before we say anything, we should just yeah, first of we all, should just thank you, welcome you properly. Eric Roberts, um, welcome to two dollar late fee. We uh, we've had we had somebody on the show two weeks ago. We had a composer on the show, Vince DeCola. We referred to him as a legend. He got very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. Now, you have done, according to IMDb, 569 titles you have acted in. That's excluding music videos, many, many projects. Commercials, et cetera. You, you are a legend, <laughs> and I'm wondering an if that makes you feel uncomfortable for us to say that yeah. to you. Do you what? accept that title before we begin? It's like when you talk about fallen heroes you talk about them in a way that's that's a bigger than life you call them legends a legend is bigger than life i am a guy across the coffee table from you it would make me feel funny if you call me a legend <laughs> well we're gonna do it a few times but i don't mind it in fact i like yeah. it but it does Good. make me feel yeah. funny but w- yeah. here, here's what happened to me i've always been a workaholic as an actor i love acting like i love my wife every day i love acting and um uh, I got into acting because I had such a bad stutter as a little boy. Really? And I was a little bitty kid, too. So a little bitty kid with a stutter, so I was a lot to make fun of. And uh, I was also cute. I was also kind of a showbiz kid. So mm-hmm. I look back on myself, always doing West Side Story dances for my parents. I was probably a little effeminate. I'm sure I was every dad's worst nightmare for a son. I don't know this is a fact, but I look back on me and I think I might have been. Okay. That being said and understood, okay, th- this is what you're talking to. So I grew up, I do I do Shakespeare, I do Charlie Brown, I do Glass Menagerie, I do everything you can think of on the stage. And then and then as a young adult I'm asked, um, if I if I'm if I'm good with my physicalities, why? Are you a dancer? Why? Well we want to know if you're coordinated, why? Because we want to make a karate film with you okay <laughs> so they look at my physicalities and they say you you meet all the requirements you you, you want to be a fake black belt i said yeah let's go <laughs> so we made these movies and i'm really proud of them both especially the first one yeah. but i'm proud of them yeah. both and i love my stick work in the second i'm very proud of that by the you way you have great stick work in the second yeah i was a bad guy with a stick anyway <laughs> anyway uh they but but i was always a complete counterfeit i was just having fun i was being an actor and actors are su- supposed to learn who they're playing. Yeah. So I did. But, uh, and uh, I lied for many years about it to give it authenticity. Of course I'm a black belt. Who else could do that? <laughs> they said, but, you, but in, the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the credits you had a double. Well, yeah, that was because of the stairs, because of insurance. They wouldn't let me do a kick on the stairs. Mm. Okay, mm. fair enough. Mm. Yeah. That's a great bullshit line. Isn't yeah, it, it sounds it convincing. I, I thought so too. Just had me. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, I, was, I, was, I told you earlier off the air that Best of the best was so impactful for me. Um, just quickly, my I was I, I didn't see my dad for a really long chunk of time, right. and I always had this wanted this connection with him that I didn't have for the formative years, eight to seventeen. Right. And so every time I would see a movie where there was a positive male role model on screen, I'd say, "Well, I really want that guy as my dad." Right, you know. Right. So I see you on screen with the relationship you have with your son and how much you, your character cared about 
his son in the movie. And it was so believable to me. And so for that moment, that specifically, that got that hooked me in. Then I was really big into martial arts at the time. So there was a, the other connection. And then the thirdly, I'm like, I want to grow my hair out like that. Like <laughs> I want to start running like Alex Grady. I and you, you talk right? You talk about the effeminine side. I connected with that as well because I loved theatrics as a kid. I still do, obviously. And there was something feminine. I, from, yeah, that was back when we were kids. That was yeah. the oh, you're feminine, you know. But the, nowadays, you look at that, and, and there's a gracefulness about it. Like I grew up watching like Gregory Hines and Mikhail Baryshnikov. Well, good and, for you for right? the understanding. Yeah, because that's what it takes. And the understanding is you have to be on either end or both sides. Mm-hmm. You 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 have to look at it coming and going. And uh, you have to be smart. You have to be gifted in order to do that. Good for you, pal. It just it just kind of came out that way. And then so best of the best became this this um, kind of totem for me as far as the, my go-to movie to make me feel good all the time. And I love the ending because it just – it wasn't about beating the other guys. It was about connecting as a team. Well, we surround some really fun-to-watch fighting mm-hmm. with really nice moralistic tales of Loyalty, understanding, and love. Totally. And those three things are all you need to get through a day in a nice way. Yep. If you have those three things. Fully agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as a kid, I would, I segued into my first job being at a video store, and then people would say, Well, what do you recommend? What's a good movie? And I would always put on, you could put on whatever movie you want in the store. Best of the Best was on repeat. And they would go, Oh, Zach's working today because (laughs) Best of the Best is on. (laughs) They'd walk in, they're like, Yeah, Zach's in right now because Best of the Best is on. From the opening, uh, you know, beat of that opening song to the end. And, And so for me, uh, you know, obviously wanted to talk to you about Best of the Best and Dustin too. We we both talk about how much that film had meant to our lives. But you as an actor, as a performer, you said, yeah, you were this fake martial artist, right? But you became this character. I don't think anyone on this planet who's seen the movie Best of the Best looks at you and goes, yeah, he's playing this guy. Like you had such a believability about you. You know, I love hearing that from you. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I gave myself to that part. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and you had a, pretty great relationship with everybody on set right all the actors you oh we all loved each other every one of us we were all really close and uh, we all we all loved everything about each other we all we there was never a crossword on that set from anybody to anyone else ever and we had a long shoot the, I think best the best one was almost a two-month shoot wow it was wow. a real shoot okay. yeah it, it was it was it was uh, it was six day weeks it, it was a shoot wow. it was work and uh, we all were very supportive of one another completely. You have this um, connection with your son, like I said, in the movie. And, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing because there's a lot of dynamics going on. In well, my film. wife knows that little actor. And uh, I think... <laughs> Who's he, probably an adult now. Well, of course he's a grown-up. In yeah. fact, he's... He, yeah, he's done. This is... We also have Eliza Roberts joining us on our podcast. Keaton Simons is... Her son, my stepson, my favorite singer-songwriter. I was going to say, we were, again, talking off-air about Keaton's music and and how you're a huge fan, and you had said, in your opinion, he is the greatest guitar player Well, look, alive look today. Here, here's the thing. I haven't heard every every guitar-playing guy out fair there, enough. so it's not fair. Okay. And there's a lot of guys <laughs> who are very famous I haven't even heard who are probably incredible. But I know a guy who plays as well as anybody on two feet. And his name is Keaton Simons. And he's the best guitar-playing singer-songwriter for my money 
breathing. Well, we got to check him out. And and he knocks me out. <laughs> He's got this song called Yet. Oh my God! It's just one of these songs that it's like like not the same kind of humana humana, but it's a thing where you don't forget, like by a bye bye Miss American Pie, mm-hmm. like uh, like. Uh, like a sympathy for the devil. You don't forget certain songs. Yeah. Never forget how they made you feel. Well, this is one of those. And he's got those. Please stay where you're going. Heaven started yet. You haven't stopped me yet. You know that's all right with me. Follow your beautiful stare Cinderblast and cold hotels We're feeding in hearts Meet empty stairwells And then out the fire escape Escape Oh, and I don't give a damn if it's weak or strong Just, he's a little miracle. His his um, his grandfather was a writer. He was the highest paid screenwriter in Hollywood for many years. He wrote all the Streisand hits, all the Redford hits. His name was David Rayfield. Okay. Anyway, he inherited this wonderful thing with words. He does, hmm. and uh, like if you watch a movie called uh, The Way We Were, yep. look at Redford's lines. They're all short, they're all concise, and they're all meaningful, but they're all light, like he's just saying something, even though it's very heavy. He's Mm -hmm. just saying something. Well, that's David. That's her father, Keaton's grandfather. And Keaton is the same way. He says things that sound very offhand, but they are meaningful. Well, his songs (laughs) are the same way. They're incredible. That's, That's a really important point to put out because people who listen to our podcast kind of are from our generation and they may know the way we were, but the way we were is a classic film. And in those, those, that time period of when acting was at its best, I'm sorry. No, you said it. You took the words out of my mouth. Um, You know, you had mentioned one of the greatest movies of the eighties, star 80. And I, wholeheartedly agree. I well, feel Bob Fosse was one of the greatest directors who ever breathed. You have I, to give him credit. And he yeah. also wrote it. Yep. And so it was his baby. And he loved biographies, hence Lenny, and, uh, and hence all that jazz about himself. Yep. And, uh, and he, liked, he, liked, he liked truth. And he liked rude truth. He liked truth. It was like, what? Why, why, do, I have to, why do I have to deal with that? Because it's truth. That's life, right? Yeah. I have this feeling about Dorothy. She's going to be a big star. They're going to give me $10,000 for having my picture taken. Dorothy is every man's fantasy. Sit down. Dorothy, you just can't let him do this to you. If you want her, pal, you can have her. But you're going to have to pay. Star 80, rated R. Star 80 is, is, is massively dark. 
Oh, and hard to watch and hard to watch. And yeah. I, yes. And I, obviously you, you've played some, some darker characters in your career. Um, when this role as, as Paul in, in star 80 came about, were you, were you hesitant? Were you like, I'm all in because it was Fosse? I had a really weird, powerful, peculiar, unusual, unique manager at the time who discovered many people from Carol Kane to Chris Walken to Tom Berenger to Tom Hulse. Wow. He, he would discover these Spacek? people. Sissy Spacek? Sissy Spacek, yes. <laughs> and uh, and all kinds of peeps. He would he, he found he found Sissy Spacek playing the guitar in the village under the pseudonym of Rainbow and said to her, Wanna be an actor? <laughs> wow. And she said, Sure, why not? Wow. Hence Badlands, thank you very much. Wow. Anyway, yeah. so 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 uh, I don't. I don't think it was quite that fast, but but uh, anyway, uh, where was I? <laughs> That's how long it took. You were talking show. about the decision to do Star Eighty. Your manager. And, and, oh yeah. yeah. So my manager gets a script. He says to me, "Here, read the script." I read it and I say, "What a dark, crappy story, man! I have no interest in playing that guy." He says, "Well, you know, Bob Fosse is going to be the director. Bob Fosse wrote it. It doesn't have his name on it because it's a secret, but he wrote it. And he's going to direct it." I so I so I reread it. I felt the same way. This is horrible. No, I don't want to be in this movie. He says, he says well, you know, he, uh, I have a meeting set up for you. So I went and I met him, and we talked. And then he said, um, read something to me. Now, I had already read the script, but I was told not to tell him that I knew the script. It was all a big lie. Ah. You know, show business. They teach you how to lie from the ground up. Right, anyway, right. so, so I, I, I said, no, I know nothing about the project. Well, they said, well, you know, read this. I read this. He had me come back five times. And then he says, you do me a favor, walk around the room. So I walk around the room. He says, I was told you were a cripple because I had an accident the year before. Okay. And I had to drop out of a play. Bob Fosse said he thought you were a cripple. I was yeah, told no, you were a cripple. No, he, what he are you said, doing? I was told you were a cripple. You, you uh, seem to walk, walk, walk backwards for me. And I did. He said, yeah, you look okay to me. What's up? I said, well, I had an accident a year ago. And, you know, I, uh, I dropped out of a play because of uh, – Artistic differences, and I guess they wanted to blame my physicality or something. I don't mm, know. Yeah. He says, Again, okay. lying with the yeah. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah right, exactly. Right. Right. Show business. Right. Show business. So, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he goes, well, anyway, you want to you be in this movie? And I said, well, I got to tell you something. I love you. You and Hal Ashby are the men. You are the guys for oh, me. Hal Ashby. You and Hal Ashby are the two walking legend gods filmmakers that are alive right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, I want to be in the movie. With I want to do anything you want me yeah. to, dude. Of course, but man, this is dark. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I said, and this poor girl. I said, I, I don't, I don't ever get to really know her in this piece. I just see her as a victim. Mm. You talking about Dorothy Stratton? Yeah, he yeah. says to me, he's very funny. He says, "Thank you very much. That's my problem too." So we have this long. Mm. He says, "But here's what I'm doing. I think I want to make it the Paul Snyder story, but studios won't go for that." But I think in order to make it a film that everybody wants to watch, it has to be about a lot of people. A lot of people are not Dorothy. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are Paul. And I went, really? Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, Unfortunately. I said, but Paul's gross. (laughs) And he said, yeah. I said, but Paul's mean. He said, Yeah. yeah. But Paul's conniving. Yeah. He said, yeah. Anyway, like I said here, most people don't like Paul. Uh-huh. Anyway, so we, we made the Paul Snyder story, basically, yep. even though it's not yep. called that. Yep. 
And uh, it was really fun to work with him. It was the hardest thing I've ever done and the most artistic fun I've ever had. Yeah. Well, it, it, it comes across. And for those people that don't know, it, it's a tragic story about Dorothy Stratton and her husband. And um, I won't go into too much detail, but it's it's a dark dark love story in a weird, weird way because he's in love with his wife. It's probably the best docudrama ever made. And I agree. Every bit of it is true that can be true and re and and recreate yeah. it. Uh, we uh, we shot in all the places. Everything happened. We shot at the mansion, all the mansion stuff. We shot in the apartment in the house mm. where he actually murdered her. We shot that scene That's there. Good oh we spent the night there. Uh, <laughs> Bob Posse said, "You're spending the night with me in the house." I said, "No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not." <laughs> yes, you are. We're spending the night together, yeah. and we did. It was like yeah. ridiculous. I was miserable. Yeah. I didn't sleep. A- Second. Right, you and up in the, to this point because Star Eighty came out, I think in in eighty three, eighty two or eighty three, eighty three. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you had done a few films up until this point, yes, but but this was kind and obviously King of the Gypsies is is is, in my opinion, first of all, it's one of the coolest looking posters on the planet Earth. In my opinion, I love it. Uh, you know, and, and then you went into Raggedy Man, but getting Star Eighty that that was like a real game changer for you as far as like. Well, it was with the guy who had won, you know, best everything in the year before with, uh, or, well, two years before with, uh, with uh, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. He had conquered the world with that movie. It was a biography about him. Yeah, it was dark, and yet he made it fun to watch. Star- all yeah. that jazz is fantastic. Yeah. yeah, but it's a nasty story. It is, but it's so much fun to watch. You don't, you don't realize it up and up until you rethink it, yep. and you go, "Ooh, God, yeah, <laughs> yeah." And all those poor women. I mean, he was not a good guy. No. <laughs> No, he was yeah, not. It's no. got great music in it, though. Great dance Doesn't numbers. Doesn't it? Oh my god! Um, but you know, did did he admire? Did did you get a chance to show off your kind of physical feminineness to him in, in Star Eighty? I don't really understand that question, but I will tell you this: <laughs> he gave me my most personal direction I've ever gotten from a director in that movie. I'm doing a scene one day in my underwear with a guitar well, in my lap. Did, of course. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm <laughs> sitting down. It's a requirement. And I'm supposed to sing a song. I get halfway through the song and I mess up the chord change and I say, cut. You don't say cut on the Fosse set unless you're Bob Fosse. Oh, sure. So right. he says to me, what are you doing? I say, well, I messed up. He goes, come with me. And he walks away. I say, what? Come with me. What? Wait, 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 where are you going? Come with me. <laughs> so I stand up and I follow him. I'm in my underwear. Yeah. <laughs> I feel very self-conscious. I'm barefoot. I don't like being barefoot in my underwear on a hard concrete floor. I feel right. very self-conscious. I'm yeah. paddling behind him, and and and, he, and we walk way away from the crew. We're like maybe 50 yards away from the crew. We're all alone. Nobody can hear us. He, and he says, look at me. I said, I'm looking at you. He goes, look at me? I said, I'm looking at you, man. All right. You're playing me if I were not successful. Do you understand? <laughs> wow. And he and I had already been together for three months doing prep. We've been shooting together for a couple of weeks. We're very bonded. Um, and on the way back to the set, I watched how he walked and I started imitating him, literally playing him. And I played that role as him. I played the him I knew, which was a very sweet, very desperate, very needy, very competitive, very loving very scared person. Mm-hmm. And that's what he taught me. That's that's what I mirrored when I played that part. Mm-hmm. And that's why that part is so three-dimensional because he's always with me. Yeah. We're always together. We're always together. And if we weren't conversing about the part, we're conversing about some 
thing that we both understood and we both were making clear we understood it to each other. Does that make sense? It totally does. Yeah. Good. I'm yeah. so glad because yeah, it was so poignant at the time. I look back on it. I love the experience chills, so much. Actually. And he and I were going to make another movie together. He, he uh, chills. Yeah, still. I do have yeah, chills. Yeah. You just wanted to feel my <laughs> bulging biceps. In the shirt. The best, the best shirt. <laughs> Sorry. You were going to make a film with, again, another film with Bob Posse. Well, it, there was talk. You know, he was going to do a film about the Kennedy kid. Now, I don't know the story, mm -hmm. but there was a Kennedy kid who got shot in the face up in Harlem who was scoring drugs. I don't know the story. Okay. But th that was the next movie or s something along those lines. It sounds not dark at all. I, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The new lighthearted comedy is. from yeah. Bob Fosse. Shot anyway, in the face. Uh, scoring drugs. I waited. I waited. <laughs> I waited a year after his death because he died in two years after Star came out. Then I waited another year after his death, and I called and I called Gwen and I said, "Gwen, he was working on the script. Can I see it?" And she told me, "Let's just let it alone." Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I did. Man, what could have been in what what ended up coming after Star was obviously the Pope of Greenwich Village. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you you want to hear about that? I would love to. Yeah. Well, because I again I just have to say, and you talked about what Bob Fosse said to you about walking in his steps and following his steps and becoming him, right? If he was not successful. Um, and I, and I, we may come back to best of the best every now and then, because it's again, such a impactful film to me, your vulnerability when you cried in that movie. Are we talking about best of the best? Yes. Again? We are talking about the best of the best. Just okay. Really you segued into Pope of Greenwich. I am. I'm getting to Pope. I'm getting now to we're, Pope. Okay. I want to be clear. Everyone's clear. Yes. We are talking we are about clear. the best of the best <laughs> and you crying in the best of the best. Okay. I just want to say, yeah, before okay. we get into Pope of Greenwich Village, uh, the believability and, and watching you cry on screen allowed me to feel like it was okay to cry as, wow. as, a, as, yep. a, as a young man. When my dad was a former Navy SEAL fighter, I would, I would hug you breathless yeah. right well, now if you know, I could. Yeah, know, that's so moving. I love that. Sincerely, Thank you. I, yeah. And I will even say too, my wife had never seen Best of the Best. We watched it together um, two days ago, and she was like blown away by the not not you know what you touched upon before the sincerity of you as a father. Does with, it with, does with, it does it does it hold up after twenty five? Yeah, years? It, it holds <laughs> up and over. Yeah, no, oh, I love hearing that it's because great. it's an old movie to me. It's like it's like yeah, but you know, I know old movies. You know, when I watch other actors' old movies, I go, "They did? Oh my God! Please don't show anybody." You know, <laughs> and I and I and I feel bad for them because it just happens. It's time. It, it happens right. to everybody. It right. doesn't. Like I, I watched it recently. Um, I put it on the background and I stopped what I was doing while because I had to watch your scenes. I just wow. compelled. Yeah. You know, there's it's a few nice. movies that yeah, and that's definitely one. But but your wife. Yes, so she was just blown away by your sincerity uh, as as a as a father, and really like, you know, it's it's a martial arts movie that that it it just has so much heart, and I think it's very surprising to a lot of people because you know, like even rewatching it for me, it's like you think that there are a lot of '80s devices and formulas, and you're like, oh, it's going along that way, it's gonna, and then it's not that. No, it's not that, and like, I can't think of another movie where like the adversaries or the enemies are like. We're, we're friends, and we're friends on this international scale. We've we've cut through all this divisiveness, and well, that that relationship is, is, is something you can thank Eric Roberts for because that was my idea. Thank you, Eric Roberts. Yeah. yeah, when I if I ever see him, I will thank him. I said, let's have let's have let's have Dayhan save the day, and he's like, I don't know, Dayhan. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's have let's have Dayhan's team to be you know, 
You guys and, are touching on something yeah. else that's really interesting because in both Star 80, well, in all of Eric's work, but and best the best, the first one especially, he wasn't dad yet, for instance. Mm. And in Star 80, he obviously is not an obsessed stalker. I mean, because the psychological <laughs> condition exposed in that movie right. – is very now we're much more aware. Yes. Like it's way more on you know from a tiny scale, which is still disturbing, to like a full blown where the perpetrator thinks of themselves as a victim and and but so he's not like either of those things and somehow tapped into something. See, I've never quite understood what that is because it's just an intuition about something that's in the cosmos, not in his experience, that somehow he can grab onto. And um, like Eric, um, one of the first mm. things I um, talked to him about was the scene when in Star Day when he walks into Hef's, uh, into the mansion. He's such a wannabe. He's yeah. like, I got to be part. You know, yeah. that's, I know so that's so not Eric. So like well. Eric right. couldn't care less. If yeah. he, he right. walks into a big uh, an Academy Award party yeah. or something, he's like, can we go home now? Right. And he means <laughs> right. it. Yeah. He doesn't have <laughs> right. to be part right. of it. He couldn't care less. Right. So, but somehow that was so authentic. And the same thing with you're right, the crying over. And he wasn't a father until a few years after that, and somehow knew that is inter- really interesting. Well, when when it's innate, when it's when yeah. it's something deep rooted in your former being, who knows? My yeah, son's yeah, a big whatever. fan of Greek mythology. He loves Greek mythology, and now we're just starting to get into the stories. Isn't he yeah, five? what's not to love? He's five. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's he's kind of a trip. But Dustin yeah. could you know connect with that. We actually interviewed him on our podcast as well. <laughs> it's pretty deep. We but... interviewed Katie on ours. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. you should. Like, yeah. I think kids are way more insightful yeah. than yeah. With with Millie Brown, what's her name from Stranger Things? Oh wow, yeah. that's cool. Millie oh, Bobby. Yeah. Right yeah. on. Yeah, Millie and Bobby. Yeah. Millie Bobby Brown. We were getting to the stage of when um, when uh, uh, Zeus is about to kill Kronos. Uh, yeah, right? and and this idea of transforming. And being who you need to be for that moment, and it goes. And I think about with your acting, who you need to be for that moment, and why. Whether you were Greek god back millions of years ago, I'm not saying. You know, you might look great in a toga, but <laughs> but there's this idea that if you can tap into that energy, which you have done successfully in your movies, and and and, then, and what it comes across on screen. I mean, I'm living proof of of, of watching you and going, oh my gosh, yes. That's Eric Roberts, I know, but it's Alex Grady's character is like such an impactful person. Paul from Star 80, I I understand that role on a on a level. I'm not creepy like that. I never would even can consider myself to be that way, but in, if we are all in that degree where we want something so bad and we want to go so far to get that thing in jealousy. Jealousy is such a real thing. Like Bob Fosse said, that's these are this movie maybe is hard for people to watch because they have to identify with the fact that no, we've all been jealous at one point in our lives. We've all wanted something. Cuz you judge others through yourself. Yes. And when you see a judgment you're coming out about that character when you realize it's because how you feel about yourself, you don't want to watch. No, yeah. you don't want to I mean, see that mirror yeah. reflection, right? Who would? Right. So, That's a good point. You know, getting back to Pope of Greenwich Village. So January of the next year, <laughs> rough segue. I but was whatever. up in uh, Hartford, Hartford doing doing um, Glass Menagerie because um, Tennessee Williams had just died, and everybody's doing you know Tennessee Williams all over the country. I was up there doing. Glass Menagerie, playing, playing, playing Tom Wingfield. I, I get a script in a book called The Pope of Greenwich Village with a note from Gene Kirkwood that says, pick a part, Polly or Charlie. Wow. Wow. P.S. P.S. We want you to pick Charlie. <laughs> but pick a part. So I do. I read, I read the book. Wow. I read the script. I got a lot. I got a whole month to give an answer. Wow. And I take the whole month. <laughs> I'm up there doing that play. 
I read that book a couple of times. I read, I read pieces of it out loud to myself in the bathroom mirror. I mean, I really take my time and explore the whole thing. Now, the way Paulie's written is he's a tough, dumb thug mm. who you always want to watch your back in the bar because he can kick everybody's ass. Mm, right. That's how he's written. Interesting. Okay. But, and that's, that's where... I'm going with the interpretation, but okay. then I, but then I get done with the play and I go down a little. Late. I still got time, you know, you know, you know, before they want an answer. It's twenty days in. So yeah. I, yeah, there you go. So I go down to a little Italy and I start hanging out, and I realize <laughs> I'm going to make so many enemies. I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> I realize that these guys are not tough thugs, especially the big tough ones. They're mama's boys. They're all overfed, overcradled. Over, over uh, loved, yeah. over, over worried about, over housed. They have, still live at home, most of them. Blah yeah. blah blah. Yet they will kick an ass now and then, you know. So, right. so you you don't you like you know forget all that. Yeah. And I realized, man. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna incorporate all these guys into one guy. And I'm going to make him a big, fat mama's boy who wants to be a total winner. <laughs> yeah. Have all the yeah. babes, have all the yeah. money, have yeah. all the cars, have all the housing, have all the clothes, have everything. But, you know, he's a mama's boy. He's always you know, concerned about a spit girl, you know? <laughs> That's the kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. So this is what I'm going to play. So I start to develop this about Valentine's Day. And I start, I start, I, and I go on a diet. So by June, I'm almost there. And I've been hanging out every day in Little Italy. I, got, I know how I'm going to talk. I know every. I got it down. And, and then I thought, oh, you know what? Well, here's what I'm missing, you know, because I noticed all these guys got curly hair. Ah, I got to go perm my hair. No. So come, come 4th of July, I perm my hair. And I've been, I've, been, I've been living this part every day in, <laughs> in possibility since January, but in definite performability since Valentine's Day. I'm in it. I'm in it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I am nothing but Pauly all day, every day, having the best time of my life. Okay, they finally come to me around the beginning of August, and they say, we got Mickey Rourke for Charlie. By the way, Eric, we wanted you to play Charlie. And I said, <laughs> now, nah, I've lost 30 pounds already, and they have firm hair. Yeah. I'm obviously yeah. not Charlie. Right, right. <laughs> and he said, right. by the way, we wanted you to play Charlie. This is, this is Koch and Kirkwood. As if it's a standoff, like, you know, they're, they're, they're mad at me. Right. Yeah. And I say, uh, why? Yeah. And so, because Charlie's handsome, Charlie's a leading man, blah, blah. You haven't played that right. yet. You're always playing weirdos. We wanted you to play Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> so I laugh. I have a, these are great guys. Both of them are fantastic human beings. And they're honest and they're sweet, especially for producers. Oh, my God. Right, these guys are right. wonderful to know. Yeah. It's a compliment yeah. if you think about it. And, and, they, oh, and, they, and they're good to me, you know. And they, 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 they give me all. I mean, since when have you heard except for the greats like De Niro and Pacino and all those guys who are, who are our legends, when have you heard of an actor getting six months to prep a part? Crazy. Because I you had deserve it. it. In Crazy. fact, I had eight months. And a month, a month to read it, a month to make Ridiculous. it. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I am this guy, Shepard, here, here and, and I meet Mickey. And um, uh, I meet Mickey as Eric, kind of, but I, I want to I wanna show him what I'm going to be doing. So I'm like, hey, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, and then he says to me, let's run lines tonight. I say, okay, where? He goes, on the street. Sure. And we're yeah. staying um, 
near, near, near the Gulf and Western Building. We're, 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 we're at the Mayflower Hotel. So we cross the street about dusk, and we're sitting on a um, bus bench. Okay. You know, the seat's about five people, and we're on it. And he says, um, yeah, I'm going to run lines. And I give him a line, because I, I saw the movie. Bam, 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 give him a line, in character. <laughs> and, he, and he doesn't come back. And I say, it's your line. Yeah. He says, I can't, I can't say it. And I said, why? He said, because I don't believe you. Oh. Oh, said, yeah. Said, okay, well, let me try again. There's your line. <laughs> and he's like, this isn't going to work. I don't believe a word you're saying. Mm. So I said, well, what can I do? He goes, I don't know. That was our first meeting. Yeah, yeah. whoa. That ice, was our first meeting. Ice yeah. cold. I don't, yeah. I don't he, believe you. He was hard on me. Yeah. But I was good to him every day. The summer wind came blowing in from across the sea. Charlie Moran is a sharp guy, just one decent break away from the big time. When we leave the city, I'm going to leave as an owner. Do you ever think we don't have to own the restaurant to move to the country, Charlie? You'll never get your own joint like this. Never. His cousin, Polly is a good kid whose schemes never seem to pay off. I'm out. I'm on the street. He fired you? No, he fired us. They nailed you on that big check. You know, we could do better. We could do a thousand percent better. Hey. They're a couple of dreamers who believe that together they can turn a life of chance into the chance of a lifetime. I want a piece of a thoroughbred. Paulie, what do you know about horses? Horses can have babies, but artificial inspiration too, man. It's a gene that does the running. The horse got absolutely nothing to do with it. You listen to that fool, Charlie. I got something big going for me, man. Well, yeah, what? He's an idiot. Money ain't gonna be no problem. Are you in, Charlie, or what? He lives in a fantasy. There's 50 grand we got. Restaurant. Got five graphs. Anybody brings me these thieves. You're not telling me something I want to know. I want that all over the street. I want answers. You talk to me. I ain't I'm holding no. back nothing. Freeze! The summer wind came blowing in from across the sea. Eric Roberts. What about the money? What is your bag? Fifty large. That's what my end came to. Give me forty-three to bring that in. You say you blew the rest. Oh, man. This ain't no joke, Paulie. Mickey Rourke. I don't walk out of here. I am the Pope. This might be your church. Right now, I'm the Pope of Rachel. Daryl Hannah. When are you not growing, Charlie? Diane, maybe wasps outgrow people. Diane's outgrow clothes, not people. Gendarme, huh? Forever. Charlie and Polly, they're a couple of dreamers fighting to get lucky. Mick and I had, had a relationship that was fantastic because I never broke character. I stayed, I stayed yeah. subservient and I stayed respectful. I stayed Polly with me. And, and I did that even after the movie for many years. And uh, never told the truth about how, how we always showed up late. He never showed up ready. And uh, mm. he, we always had the same conversation every day. Hey, Ace, what are we shooting? Scene 87. I know the number. What the fuck happens? You know, <laughs> we had, had the conversation every day. And, uh, but 
and I never told on him. I never complained. None of that. You yeah. know, just we're go, we're because it's such a great story, and he's got such an incredible presence, an incredible movie yeah. star quality about him, and he hadn't touched the face yet, so he was beautiful. Beautiful. We, and, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, beautiful man. And uh, <laughs> and you know, so, so you know, I just let it all go up yeah. until many years later, and uh, I'm getting a ride home from these two evangelistic type <laughs> con men from an AA meeting. Okay. And, uh, and I'm on the way to my stepdaughter's house. And they say, where do you live? And I say, I live right there. We're, we're, we're going through Beverly Hills. Oh, you live in Beverly Hills? Yeah, I live right there. Oh, no. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. We talk, talk. They, uh, they tell Mickey. And he rents a house in Beverly Hills. He said, Eric doesn't live in Beverly Hills. He lives in the valley. <laughs> Bring him over to my house so I can show him what it's like for us who live in Beverly Hills. Oh, ouch. Jeez. Yeah, so they do. Oh, the, Mickey. This a little later. But his house he lives in with these other two guys... It's like a frat house. There's clothes and there's food all over the floor of every room. Oh. And there are these guys. And it, and, it, and it smells bad. It's a bad place. And, <laughs> and, and like Mickey has me over to show me what it's like to live in Beverly Hills. This is what it's like. And I see this. Paulie. And from that, and that was only, what was that, five months ago, six months ago, eight months ago? Oh, this is the recent. And, I, and from that wow. day t- to this, I realized I'm not going to lie about Mickey Rourke anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, I did for... 25 yeah. years, and he has me over to show off his house in Beverly Hills. Well, it's an interesting yeah. dynamic if you think about the relationship you have in Pope of Greenwich Village, you know, which is a movie that came out 40, almost 40 years ago now. It's just kind of a trip to think about. Isn't that wild? 35, six years ago? <gasps> yeah. Then it, there was the shout out, of course, to the Spirit Awards, which was huge for you. Huge. Oh, when he won the award for uh, The Wrestler. Yeah. This is a great understanding of how I live my life these days. Please, you know, this yes. whole thing with show business, how, it, how, they, how they took our medium away, they took film away, so everything changed, both how long it takes, how to do it, what to do it, when to do it, where to do it. It all changed mm-hmm. overnight. And in, in like 1993, my wife says to me, if, uh, if, if you could do anything every day, what would it be? I'd be on a movie set. Okay. okay, well, that's not going to happen because you know, movies take a long time. They're hard to do and blah, blah, they're expensive. Not going to happen. Right. So I anyway, knew moving on, blah, blah. And then 2003 comes and she goes, you know what? Something weird is happening. Everybody can afford a camera. At the time, they were 1000 bucks. Now they're yep. 600 yep. Yep. Everybody can afford a camera. And they're all calling from all over the world for you. She goes, they all want yep. you to be in the movies, Eric Roberts. Now, some are home movies. Some of these you know, rich guys who are doing a movie about their hunting trip and they want Eric Roberts with them. Okay. So that's weird. Yeah. But they're paying you movie money. And she goes, and it's all over the world, these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And they're becoming, slowly becoming real cinema again. Mm-hmm. But they aren't real cinema yet. But they're all calling for you. You want to go exploit this, this, this monkey? And I said, sure. <laughs> so that's kind of what we've been doing since 2003-ish. Are you happy with it? It's so much fun. And we've and seen the world for free, dude. That's yeah, <laughs> come on. Yeah. I mean, that's, isn't that what... I think we all well. That's what I personally strive for: is to do what you love and to make make yourself happy in the at the same time. And when it's a long trip, I take the wife. And when it's a short trip, I just hit and run. Yeah, and uh, and you guys have been together for twenty five years. I think sixty two three. <laughs> How Which long have you been together, Eliza? Yeah. We've been together since eighty nine, but we've been married since ninety two. Holy cow! Okay. Okay, so <laughs> that's a great relationship. I didn't even know that. <laughs> Just welcome, learned that today. Welcome Glad to we your life. Um, yeah, so so you're you're doing what you love. 
And, and are you surround you surround yourself with hopefully with people that you love and that love you in return. I'm so lucky. I just got through making this really cool movie. Where was I, honey? Um, which which one? God, there's so many. With, with <laughs> the with the with the hotel. With the oh hotel. oh yeah, uh, in Phoenix. Phoenix, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe it was the night before last. Uh, yeah, pretty uh, much, or maybe two nights ago. I like flying <laughs> for part two of a three-part you know visit in this movie that I'm that I'm working on. It's it's a very low budget, very local where it is. I fly in, I do a day, very long day. That night they're gonna put me in a hotel that's near the airport for some reason. Okay, fine, good. I'm near the airport. That's all right. Okay. I, I'm there. Okay, it's a bad place, but okay. See you guys tomorrow. Okay. Oh well. Oh, well. Okay. I'm barely asleep. Got bang, bang, bang on the door. You have to get up. There's been a shooting. There's been an armed robbery. Please go wait in the lobby. Oh, okay. No. So nice. I go. I yeah. go. I go wait in the lobby for several hours. Okay. You go back to rooms. Now I go back in the room. Now bam, bam, bam. I'm just gonna go to sleep. It's been a bomb scare. I go to the lobby again. I, so I go to the lobby again. And so I call my guys, just take me to the airport now so I get out of here. In Barbados? I, no, no this, this was in Phoenix. Phoenix. Oh, Phoenix. Okay, in Phoenix, okay. Arizona. Very Come different on. than Barbados. But, but I mean, they, yeah. there was no, there, it was like in your pajamas, in your slippers in the yeah. first evacuation. They didn't want anybody in the hotel either, so they and it was cold there. Seriously. Oh. They evacuated everybody just to sit outside with no information. Because I called the hotel, and right. they're like, yeah, we're wondering what's going on, too. But, yeah. So, you know, Comfort, sometimes comforting. it's Movie an adventure making. in an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is the part of it where people go, oh, my gosh, I want to come out to Hollywood. I want to make the next big thing. Not necessarily. Here's the reality check, you know. Right. <laughs> um, can I ask you about a, a movie you did in the 90s that I'm a huge fan of? Sure. It's called The Ambulance. I love that movie. Was that made in the 90s? In 1990. You okay. might have made it, obviously, you probably made it prior to the 90s. Right, right, right. Um, it's it is it's a quirky film. It's not your typical thriller action. Larry Cohen. Larry Cohen. Keep so up. I met I met Larry Cohen at a at a uh, convention, and he says to me, "Hey, do you want a stuff cup?" And I go, "What?" I said, "I because he made this movie called The Stuff, which is about these this like whipped mm. cream stuff that turns you. It's an alien, right?" I said, "I would I would love it." He goes, "You look like a kid that would." Like, like to have a it's stuff like, cup. It's like a weird metaphor. <laughs> yeah, you want like, a stuff cup, okay. kid? Like, and he, he was there. He was talk- such a great human being. Such a great no guy. Idea. So cool. It was so all cool. real. It was yeah. all totally real to his bone marrow. He was so wonderful. <laughs> he's a fan of filmmaking. Like he's, he, a, yeah. he's a movie fanatic. Yes. And he knows everything about film. My God, the guy is a it's a walking encyclopedia on movies. And That's he says, great. oh, I'm working on this movie. It's called The Ambulance. You it's got Eric Roberts in it. And I go, oh, I'm a huge Eric Roberts. He goes, Kid, you're gonna love this. I was like 17 at the time or whatever, and and then the the ambulance comes out, and I go, Yeah, I do love this movie. A killer is loose in New York City. Somebody call an ambulance, okay? Will you look at this computer printout? All on missing persons reports in the last two weeks. This is for Lieutenant. What exactly do you think happened? I don't know. Did you do something to that girl yourself? Are you one of those psychopaths who kills girls? and goes to the police to tell stories. I don't know anything about the dead woman in the park, okay? I was just trying to get away from that. Now, one man has to find the truth. An ambulance that picks up New Yorkers and they're never seen or heard from again. A vehicle of mercy that's really a murder machine. What do you do? What is wrong with you? If you found the ambulance, she's in trouble. Eric Roberts, James Earl Jones. The ambulance, if you call for help, 
you're dead. That was such a hard movie to make physically. Really? Oh my God, it was so hard to make physically. I had to be on that on that gurney, going down the streets. I would get up to thirty miles an hour on that damn gurney. <laughs> that was wow. some pretty intense. Yeah, dude, I was scared. I'm strapped to a gurney. Going, okay, I'm not. I'm gonna under. I'm gonna underestimate. Twenty miles an hour. Let's say to only twenty. Yeah, I know it was more. Let's say twenty miles an hour. You're strapped to a gurney going downhill. On camera without anybody beside you. Oh my gosh. It's horrible, dude. Yeah. I was scared all the time. I'm an actor, dude. Movie I'm not making. a stunt man. Right, right. <laughs> so, well, oh you are now. God. Did you get uh, your stunt card from that? I got a stunt yeah. card actually through Bob Fosse hanging out a 35 story window. Thought I was a stunt man for many years up till I realized I wasn't. Oops, I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God. I do all my own stunts. Oh, wait a minute. I'm hanging out of a window. So you shared a, you shared a scene with uh, Stan Lee in that movie. I did. You're right, and it's That's funny because you, you call him Stan, Stan. You call him Stan Lee. I know. I and know. in Best of the Best, your buddy in in the um, in the automotive uh, scene, you're like Stan Lee. Right. And so I'm like, wait, he said Stan Lee in that, and he said Stan Lee in the end. <laughs> well, there's a connection Whoa. there. You don't suppose Jack Roberts knew what he's doing, do you? I don't know. <laughs> You're a trivia buff. You're kind of there. more of a yeah. mullet in that. In that. Uh, Isn't that sad? Yeah, but oh, no, no, I was a good looking oh, mullet. Please stop it. Do, no, no, you're, there's no way you're going to degrade yourself on, on our show because <laughs> <laughs> I will boost you back up. Yeah. Um, but so obviously, almost kills you making the ambulance. But it, it's it's. I think it's a, a movie that needs to be revisited on a regular basis because it's well, a fun film. Well, thank you film. so much. I yeah. love Larry Cohen for that movie. He was really fun to work with. He was so, he was such a child. He made you laugh every day. Yeah. He was Isn't his of, wife a shrink? And I think the, so. Yeah, and they have they, they have a huge Stan Lee memorabilia, mm. like, destination and stuff. Yeah, he's, so, a, he's a fun, he's a fan of, like, yeah. I call them fun films, like movies yeah. that you want to watch with a bunch of buddies. You know, you yeah. sit around and you and you laugh and you go, "Oh my God, what just happened next?" And Randolph Mantooth, I think, is uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. You're you're not alone in your love for the ambulance. Oh, good. You get a lot, a lot, a lot of people who just love that movie. And Eric was really surprised. You maybe need to see it again. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Well, that was actually my going <laughs> to yeah. be my question. You've made so many movies, and then off air we were talking about a movie that a. Uh, uh, a mutual friend was w- was in with you, uh, Nicole Rio, and you're like, well, you have to find the title for me. Maybe show me a picture because I can't remember. The called Nicole Rio. No, 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 no. no. The, the, she, <laughs> Nicole it. Rio, my neighbor, it oh. was in a movie with you, but uh, and but we I'll, don't know the title. Well, called I'll, Nicole and Rio. Hey. Called Nicole Nicole and Rio. Rio. Nicole no, actually, was it my doctor is the stalker? Was it there that movie? That, that, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Don't confuse mediums. No. <laughs> no, Nicole Rio was in a movie uh, called Story of Eva. Or Ava? Ava. Story of yeah, Ava. Yeah. Mm. Story of Ava. Yeah, yeah. and she, she's the lead in that. It's a hot little movie. Yeah, and I, I actually watched it the other night on Amazon Prime. And um, I'm sorry, because I should have probably paid for it. But uh, <laughs> but but that being well, you said. you pay for Prime. I pay, yeah, I guess yeah, I do technically. technically. Yeah. So you've made so many movies. Are, are there movies that stand out to you in your career? Obviously, we talked about a couple of them, but. Of course there are. And when you make five movies in a month. They don't stand out as much that's as when you insane. make one movie in a month. Five movies Five in a month. Movies. Oh, I, how are you a... here with us right now? How are you not making a movie as we... How well, ask you, Zach how hard it was to schedule I, I mean, <laughs> I, I know it was hard, no, no. but it was... Calm but, down. But all the cameras are in the <laughs> hall. They're all in the hall waiting. I go in the <laughs> hall. They go, action. Click. Okay. Yeah, actually, we have a film scenes. crew outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Rourke's outside. You're not yeah. believable. Get back inside. We're talking about now, because like you said, everybody's got a camera now. Everybody's got accessibility to make movies. But back in... 
the 70s and the 80s and the early 90s, it wasn't that way, obviously, right? Because you're, right. you're making a movie every six months or whatever. Um, every but, year. Yeah, every but... Every year you make a movie. You make a movie once a year and you know all the press for it. That, that takes three months, so that's wow. that's a lot of time. Wow. And it's one movie. There you go. Amazing. And, and then you wait and read scripts. You read scripts, you read scripts, you read scripts. This is a good one. Not anymore. You got a bunch of scripts. They have to read you, dude. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like you 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 have to give an answer the day you get a script. Now, wow, yeah, because they're gonna make the movie in three weeks, no matter what the budget. Uh, are there movies that stand out to you? Is like, oh man, I really like like Eliza was saying. You know, we should watch that again. You should Actually, watch that again. You know what stands out to me? This is gonna blow your minds, and it's gonna irritate a lot of people. Maybe maybe <laughs> even my wife, which I hate doing. I've already it's done that today, and I hate people. doing that twice in one day. <laughs> but like, it's this positive. The it's funny. The four Doctor movies are all good movies, especially the first. The first one is a real film. It's a great movie, dude. Watch that again. It's I'm so proud of it. That's why I did two, three, and four. Because because number one, it was so good. That's great. I, I was so, and I, I love those movies. But with the title like "Stop by My Doctor," you're not going to get praise artistically. Yeah, but it, there was a reason for that title. First of all, the ones to revisit, I think, are Final Analysis and uh, It's My Party. Final Analysis. Well, such a good movie. Phil Jawanu, dude. It's yeah. got, in my opinion, and, and again, this goes back, okay, uh, this is so weird we're tapping into this right now. <laughs> Gary Oldman was in that film and they cut him out. Gary Oldman was he in was Final in Analysis? That, he stole like, that movie. They cut him out. An elevator scene, was it? What? Oh, he was so good in that movie. So, my God. It, it, Go Richard Gere and, and, and you were... Again, like I appreciated guys that I, I wanted to be. Yeah. I had a poster of Rick Springfield on my wall when yeah. I was a kid because I wanted oh. to be Rick Springfield. Yeah, you know? I was NGH with him. There you, oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah right on. And and it. so Richard Gere, this hunky guy, yeah. you play this like hunky villain, you know, yeah. so to speak. So bad guy. it's a great a movie. Guy. It's a really great and movie. it was kind of a. It was a it came out around an interesting time. Thrillers were just starting to turn. It was on, his. It was hey, his. Right. First movie after Pretty Woman. Dude. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Kim Basinger, obviously, yeah, you know, in a, in a different role. Yeah. Why do you, Eliza? Why do you love that movie so much? It's I, you a know, sexy movie, dude. It is a sexy movie. Yeah. Well, I I loved her blue um, uh, skirt suit, her light blue skirt suit with the matching shoes. <laughs> she would um, like but that. Um, but um, <laughs> um, I loved because I'm very I'm like that girlfriend of yours or whoever, whichever one of you guys said that who only wanted to see comedies and yep. stuff. Um. <laughs> And no, this is really true down to her bone marrow. She will not go to a movie. No, I haven't seen a lot of Eric's movies. Oh, oh yeah. no, no. She hasn't seen probably 88% of my movies, dude. So no. my doc, my doc, the Dr. Stalker movie you haven't seen. Well, no, I, why then yeah. I'm on the set. She, like, she likes It's My Party because she can watch it. <laughs> yeah. It's My Party. I feel like you, you, you should have. Yeah, well, I know. Nominated just, one because yeah. oh, it actually came out at an interesting time, too. I think yes. if they made that movie now. Oh, for sure. It That's would be why way more popular. Yeah, people are discovering it now. But anyways, um, final analysis. You know, so so I was afraid of Hitchcock, but I but the twists and turns. First of all, I love anything to do with psychology, and any yes. actual condition where they research it and they go, "That's a great idea." Yeah. I, you know, mm -hmm. I submitted an idea about Munchausen syndrome by proxy to the people who I was on Saint Elsewhere to the Saint Elsewhere oh, people, great. and they actually it was before it was known, and they actually did an episode. They bought the idea. Well, so well. anything that comes from science, so that was real interesting. Um, and then I thought that um, you know I love all those actors. Every even the minor roles they are all favorites. Eric's character was such a perfect example of the sinister guy that you're attracted to. I mean, it went too far. 
Yeah. But then she won. That was cool. Yeah. Um, and and but he, I just thought he was so amazing. There were little touches that he did. First of all, Phil made the movie so beautiful to watch. Yeah. The little touches that he did. Again, tapping into something that's very not Eric. Nope. Mm-hmm. And um, just the 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 scenes, the whole smoking, just little subtleties that I thought were absolute genius. And the the weird vulnerability that he had when she was going to leave the table, and he was both obsessed with not being embarrassed with appearances, and also had some actual feeling for her. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that was you know just as an actor and and coach and director and casting director and the things that I am. To watch all that and realize, you know, that's not on the page. No. Um, see that that blows my mind. It's uh, you know, like Taya Leone finds stuff that's not on the page. You no, know, when when I hear my wife say that right here, right now, I could cry out of sheer love and pride. Oh. Uh, it's a nice thing, or because you know, my wife is an incredible self righteous critic, but doesn't act like one. But I know she is. I know she has <laughs> yeah. hardcore, really valid opinions. I ask her all the time, what do you think? Because I want to know. Yeah, good. Right now, yeah. I'm so moved that, that to my wife thinks I was a good actor 30 years ago. I can't see straight. Yeah, but it's, you even stopped fidgeting really loudly on the table, which everybody <laughs> always tells you to do when there's a microphone pointing in that direction. <laughs> um, that's That was very nice. Always no, I was going to ask him before right? about change in acting style because Eric's career has endured – Whereas what we're talking about is movies, you know, you can't just rely on movies anymore because a lot of times you just invest a couple of years and then the outcome is just so disappointing. So just the work can be other places, television, whatever. But um, but in terms of acting style changing, I mean, it used to be Stanislavski. It was this whole build a character thing. Then it became Meisner and it was just kind of be in the moment spontaneous. Mm -hmm. And I think he's ridden that wave. Um, really exceptionally well. I agree. He really was kind of king of that old style, and now you're making noise on the table again. And then, <laughs> um, and then has embraced this new style, um, working instead of from the outside in, from the inside out, and stuff. And I think it's really interesting. Too. Well, I, I, love that. I was going to say that. because be, now that you don't have all this time in between, and you're making like you said five movies, right, or in a month, and so it, it, so oh. when you go from one character to another on a dime, can you talk a little bit about that process? Like how how challenging is that for you? Well, I'm going to tell you a story as an answer. Okay. The other day we shot two separate movies in the same day: one in the morning, one in the late afternoon. Oh my god. They were across town from each other, so I had to cross town drive to drop one and grab the other. So what I did was, for me, Eric, is I realized I could not, I did not become the uh, the first you know, character I played. I just acted him. Okay. And so that was easy for me. Uh, so I didn't have much to drop. And I realized it's just changing clothes. Mm. And mm. we're all dressed. And when we're dressed, we don't, we don't always notice what each other has on. We're just dressed. We don't really notice unless it's the best of the best shirt that says best of the best. We don't really notice it's anything but a T-shirt. We yeah. don't really notice. We don't, I think it was blue, I think. I don't, I don't really remember. Oh, my God. <laughs> right, that's right. that's how, how, how we are about clothes. And I realized that and went, I'm just hitting all, all that's going to be different are all my clothes. So, yes, that's all that's different, by God. And I stepped out of the trailer with confidence as opposed to fear. And I walked into it. Now, the only thing different are my clothes. What else can we change now? Wow. So it was a good feeling as opposed to a pressured feeling. And it was like, I'm just going to work. 
it's a weird kind of work across town from each other on the same day. Got to do it. I'm, I'm going to do it because one's a favor and one's a job. They're mm-hmm. both just as important as the other. And because everybody making a movie, it is their child. It is their infant. Mm-hmm. And it's being born as we're talking about it on the set acting. It's being born. We're in labor. So it's very important. Every move is important. So you can't fuck around. Excuse me. It's okay. No, you we can't, curse you, here. You this... can't. Jer- uh, I forget. Gosh darn it. Freedom. You, you, yeah. you, you can't mess around. Yeah. You, you, you show up, you go to work. Because what you used to shoot in three days, you shoot before lunch now. Literally. Right. So you can, and I mean, this seems to be a pre- pretty obvious question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. You Would you be able to do a character like Polly and then go into, you know, a character like Alex Grady and best of the best in the same day? You'd have as, to change your hair, though. As so, old yeah. as I am now. <laughs> Unperm yourself. Uh, the answer would be yes, in theory. But in execution, I would probably get sloppy. But yes, in theory, because I'm old now and I know how to go from A to M very cleanly mm-hmm. and not have you mm-hmm. see B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, L, you know, not have you see all that. I go yeah. A, M. I can do that. Maybe not really consistently though. You know, maybe if I had to do it in the same day, it might get a little sloppy. I right. can't promise you, but I'm going to give it a go. I would do it better than somebody else maybe. Yeah. But it's kind of, you're kind of asking for a really hard thing, hard thing to pull off well. Are you are you finding uh, young actors that you work with seeking out your advice? A lot, yeah. Uh, but they do it in a very nice way. Like they just say, "If you were doing this, what would you do?" And that's just how to ask. Well, if I were doing, I would do this. <laughs> okay. Because as, as, as how do I do this? You can't answer that question. How someone do? You don't know how they would do it. So yeah. very directly. Right. So how would I do it? I would do this. Okay. And uh, so when I'm asked that, I answer it because I know they're. They're desperately asking me, how would I do this? Yeah. And, so, right. and so I give a direct answer and uh, because I should. Yeah. I, that's, that's my job now. You have a wealth of knowledge. I mean, obviously, you and your wife you know, have this, this history of, of knowledge uh, of I love art. living with my favorite actor because we did a movie together okay. called Love is a Gun. And Love is a Gun I, is a really good movie. I, <clears throat> I like that movie. I knew my wife was an actor even before Love is a Gun because okay. I live with her. I had, I had married her. I had done all kinds of stuff with her. I I'd read everything I ever auditioned for with her, blah, blah, blah. So I knew she was a real actor. And then she steals this movie called Love is a Gun that I had all the dialogue in, and she, and she steals it. She stole the movie in the most precious, beautiful, artistic way you've ever seen. And she plays somebody who's the opposite of what she is. She plays somebody who is, who is jealous, who is... Um, uh, uh, a hysteric, an hysteric, yep. mm. who is um, um, who is sentimental, all kinds of stuff. She is not. She's not any other thing. She who can cook, it. who can cook. <laughs> I can't. Uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff. You know how to make coffee for your husband, and that's a big deal. <laughs> if you have a Keurig, sure. That's it. Uh, <laughs> hey, no, that, coffee no, hard for nope. I taught my wife to make coffee. She just ignores it. I don't ignore it. I actually go by the instructions and still fail. Yeah. Okay. I'm the same Sad way. Story. Oh, yeah. thank you. Good. You, uh, yeah, okay. I always wanted, I always wanted to see you as the hero, just personally. Well, thank you, know? you pal. Me too. Yeah, and and, and so it, it always broke my heart when I saw you, not 
I still love your performances, but it always broke my heart seeing you as a villain in movies because I'm like, come on. Final analysis, I'm like, like you're saying, that heartfelt moment where he's getting self-conscious at the table. We've been there with people feeling like, oh my God, what the hell are you doing? Please don't make a scene right now. Please don't make I'm a scene right now. I'm feeling that right now. <laughs> Please, Zach, right, Zach no, no. don't make a Zach, scene. Zach, laminate. Zach, put the <laughs> laminate away, Zach. <laughs> can you? Can, so, and uh, then I go in the bathroom and I say to Richard, was that a look? <laughs> was that a look you give me? I'm, I'm maybe looking at my wife. Yeah, ah, I love it. I love, but that, but see, I would see you in these roles, and and then when you when you when you're in Dark Knight, and I'm like, can you just kind of he have a moment where he's turning, you know? So that, that when you're in the car with um, Two Face, yeah, Aaron, and, uh, and, the end, and, and then yeah, and when and and you're like, you know, and there's this moment where I'm like, wait. You might actually live. I look so evil. Well, they made sure not to confirm that he had died. We know the car rolled. True. And we know what Aaron Eckert's character wanted to have happen. We want, yes. But they purposely didn't. bring him back. Right. Well, when you fell from that, from the the two stories or whatever, and I'm like, okay, still alive, still alive. Um, And then then (laughs) I I was a huge Doctor Who fan as a kid. Oh, wow. I'm a huge Doctor Who fan because we didn't have. How do you get anything done? Uh, how did right. I? I was a latchkey kid. I was a latchkey kid. Right. Oh, latch okay. kid. So Jesus. my mom, I, I'd come home at the end of the day, watch TV. My mom worked two jobs. She was working till five, six o'clock at night. Uh, you know, I'd be making the TV dinners or whatever. My brother is five years older, so he'd be out with his buddies. I was the one who was always like, oh, what's on TV? Down. And we didn't, we had the rabbit ears, which you put the foil around to try yeah, and finally get a signal yeah, in. But that. PBS always just kind of came in, you know? Yeah. And Doctor Who was always on, and I'd watch Doctor wow, Who. Wow, I'm so impressed with you right now that you found <laughs> Doctor Who on PBS. Yes. Oh, I found it. And then and then later, Fox, you know, Fox is out. And Fox yeah. is like, we're going to have a Doctor Who oh, movie. Oh, I love you for this, dude. Yeah. I just love you. Oh, right on. so lovable. I can't believe it. I'm blushing right now. You know, this is a good segue, just as quick aside. One, one of what Zach is very good at, at, at sound effects. And he does this amazing trumpet sound. Oh, to go back to Best of the Best. Well, just to go back to just, you know, a love fest. Oh, and, my God. And he, mentioned, and he mentioned to me, he was like... <laughs> I learned that by watching Eric in Best, best, best of the Best. When you're going in your uh, your your room. When, it's you like know. bedtime, and, and you just start trumpeting a sound. Does it on reason. set all day This is long. so funny. Really? Dude, that's that? so funny. You know, you so know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you guys a real secret I have never told publicly, and it's why I do that. I've never told why I do that, and I do it all day, every day on the set, to the point where one actor... <laughs> Titus Welliver was his name. He yeah, complained about it. He said, he's got to stop that. <laughs> a lot of people complain. They just don't complain to you. So well, Titus. the only guy that I know by name who complained about <laughs> okay. it was Titus Welliver. He said, he's got to stop that. So I did. And I realized, I, I realized, you know, yes, the reason I do it is totally selfish, totally self-centered, totally self-involved. So, yeah, and I'm making everybody... <laughs> I have to deal with it. Right. It's not fun to do. <laughs> and it's not it's fun, fun. <laughs> and it irritates me but here's What's why I do reason? it I, have I, to know I was told by a speech teacher many years ago at the at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art I think her name was Percy mm-hmm. I wonder name. if I'm correct mm-hmm. I'm probably not anyway I think her name was Alice Percy I don't know why I think that but I do and, and she Works, eh? she she said you have a very nice voice I said thank you uh, but you don't control it properly you go in there and you go in there. I said well I'm a kid you want to go and she goes, she goes here's, here's what I want you to do I want you to, before you ever perform, I want to spend the whole day doing all your lines in falsetto like this. Oh, like all, my mom. Doing everything in falsetto. <laughs> right, yeah. Because that will, that, that will then stabilize your baritone. And I don't know why. But she said, wow. if you do it, it will stabilize your baritone where, where yeah. it, won't, it won't fluctuate. It'll stay even. And she told me this. So 
I tried it for a while, but people look at you funny when you're going around saying, oh, it's like this. Hi, how you doing? So <laughs> right. good to see you. People say, what the, what the hell is bit. wrong with Eric? Yeah. Eric's being yeah. really weird. They think, when's his therapy session? Yeah, why is Eric talk like that? <laughs> Eric's an actor. Eric, no, he's an actress. I know. It's like you say, what is wrong with him? You know. And so I realized I was doing it. And so I just turned into... <laughs> I just turned it into something fun Amazing. to listen to so I could do it publicly. So when I'm prepping, when I'm about to have a speech or something on stage, on, on, a, on a sound stage in a movie, <laughs> <laughs> I do my trumpet. So my voice stabilizes in a very nice baritone. I start talking. They say, wow, what a lovely voice. Yeah, I play the horn. That makes so much I mean, it makes total yeah. sense. Like, that's why I play the horn When you're doing this day. vocal ro- yeah, warm-ups, you know, the brrr or whatever, and you're yeah. doing the whole thing. And it uh, sounds a lot more manly than, hi, how are you today? It's so nice to meet you. Yeah, because then people say, were you traumatized? Because, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, let's go a little yeah. deeper. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, I would go into Baker Street, you know. Or whatever. That sounds good, dude. <laughs> Thanks. Well, we could, you know, two man band going on. So anyway, I don't even know. Oh, so the the air trumpet. What are you Doctor Who. I bring it back. Oh, we're back. Doctor Who. Just playing the master, and and, and, and and so from that geeky perspective of mine, and I've pretty much thrown all my cards out today that I'm a geek of cinema and your films, but... Um, I got hip to Doctor Who when I was in school in England. You know, everybody watched it, so I watched it too. So I got here, and then many years later, they offered me the master in the in the Doctor Who movie. <laughs> it's wonderful. And, and they say, and I say, no, I don't want to play this part. And they say, why? And I say, because it's campy, it's not real, it... it it embarrasses me. Okay. And they say, well, what what do we have to do to have you play the part? Mm. I said, you uh, you let me play it real. You let me play him like he's really messed up. He's not uh-huh. he's not a cartoon character. He's an alien. I said, I want to play him where he has a runny nose. You can see his sweat. You can see the fact he's, oh, my God, you don't want to be in a room with this guy. He's gross. Yeah. They say, yeah, do it. Awesome. So awesome. They, 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 they allow me to do it. So I did it, and I was just—I just—I play, uh, played him gross, had a lot of fun. I mean, I love it. I love you for that. And it was one of the few times when I was like, okay, he's a villain, but at least he's a villain that I can totally dig. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we don't want to take too much of your time, and I know we're starting to come to the end of our. That's what time is for. Yeah. Burn it. Is there anything you'd like to oh, promote, yes. plug, both of you? Any any upcoming projects you want to make everybody aware? Well, you know what? What Keaton's you know? Music. We, yeah. we, we have these incredibly. Talented kids. There's Emma Roberts, an American Horror Story. Heard there's, of her. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a Morgan Simons who 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 owns and runs Pie Bake Shop. There's Keaton Simons at KeatonSimons.com, who is the best singing songwriting guitar player on two feet right now. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but since we're in LA, yes. a Studio City Farmers Market on Sundays. That's Pie P I no E. 
pie bake shop. Ah, okay. the and pie sign. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Okay. I mean, they go, and, they, and they deliver also seven days a week, and, and they don't awesome. just have pie. She does everything. She's full charge chef and caterer. Okay. So they oh, have. And I mean, she's the best amazing, cookie. Amazing, amazing. Like your kids would love. Like they have so many kid customers, which is hilarious because I don't think of pie as being something that kids. It's kind of a sophisticated. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's yes. not a chocolate chip cookie, although she does those too. But um, a lot of also kid good. customers, and and um, it's pretty cool. It's really that cool. Sounds great. I love yeah. it. Oh, and I will say really quick too, uh, Preserve Dragons, that's the name of this company that makes these t-shirts and these best of the best t-shirts that you love so much. And we will flash that up on our Instagram and do a bunch of promotion and we will definitely get you some Thank shirts you. for sure. Thank you, a lot sure. of shirts. Yes, it is, but uh, I, did, I did want to talk about, off of acting, your, your love of animals. Like you have this real deep connection we share this yeah. love of animals, oh, and we Glad. and he, Dustin love Dustin has two animals. amazing dogs. I've grown up with animals all my lives. Um, where did that all come from? Did it all came. Uh, it all started with my uh, my grandfather had had a, had a farm, a lot of horses, but he had lots of animals. You know, sheep, cows, you know, chickens, everything. And uh, but horses were the main ingredient. And uh, and I just uh, I learned very young that you can have a relationship with an animal. Yeah. Uh, they have personalities like ours. They're all very different, but they're all alike. But they're all very different, and they have moods. And when you learn all this as a little boy, you fall in love with them for what they are. Yeah. And so I did very young. And uh, the horses just delighted me in their in their differences and, and my understanding of them. And um, so that's when it all started. And... Um, and and you know uh, I I learned at a very young age that that uh, that uh, bunnies are not geniuses mm-hmm. <laughs> and the chickens are not geniuses. You know you learn this very young, yeah. but there are animals that are mm-hmm. yep. and uh, raccoons. Oh my God, they're geniuses. Yeah. They're freaking geniuses, they're dude. Posable thumbs too. And, and yep. yeah, yeah, and you and you learn this about animals. And as you get older, and you learn about you know foreign animals like uh, like spider monkeys and mm-hmm. ch- chimpanzees and. And uh, and uh, gorillas, you and uh, those, uh, and you learn about the uh, the uh, the uh, the striped back males. You go, my God, they're just like us. There yeah. is no difference except in language. There yeah. is no difference in their in their lives and their understanding of each other. They're 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 us. They got the anxiety and yeah, the fear. It's all and the, the same hope stuff. The, yeah. Yeah. yeah, My son actually, uh, we watched Char- Charlotte's Web when he was really little, three years old. I read him the book and re- watched the movie. And and there's a scene where they uh, she saves Wolver, Fern's character, and then they cut to a scene the next morning, breakfast, and uh, mom's making bacon. And I, I laugh, my wife laughs, and and Bodhi says, "Why why are you laughing?" And I said, "Well, <laughs> it's because." Wilbur is bacon, like that's what. And he said, "Oh, I don't want to eat bacon yeah. anymore." No. Yeah. And I said, "Okay." Oh, wow. He said, "And I don't want you to eat bacon anymore." No. And I said, "Okay." But let me let me let me just when you're asleep. Let me let yeah. me tell you guys something that I'm very proud of. My wife is the most incredible person with an animal I've ever seen. And let me tell you something else. I met a woman once who, when I met her, she had 35 cats. About five that's years. It? About oh. no. <laughs> about 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 five years later. She had 100 cats, and I offered her, how about let's open an animal shelter, <laughs> or I got to go. Yeah. I ended up going. Anyway, but but uh, but the point is, so I've been around people who are real animal people, who know animals inside out. I've okay. never been around anybody who's like my wife. 
these animals around her who she rears become little human beings. We have four cats, four indoor cats. We actually have six cats, but we have four indoor cats who are human. Mm, and yeah. they they like tell you what they want, when they want it, how they want it, and please move over just a little bit. That's far enough. Thank you. That's good. <laughs> That's what they're like. That's how they communicate. It's mind-blowing. It. And it's because of her. And um, we have a squirrel sanctuary that we we took an injured uh, squirrel to the AS, AS, ASPCA once, and they have fixed her mother back, and they bring all the squirrels there. So we have lots of hurt squirrels that have healed. And uh, they actually will crawl up your leg and eat out of your hand, once again, because of her. I mean, she, animals become little people around her. It's mind-blowing. I think when you recognize that, and, yes. uh, and uh, children definitely help you do that, oh, I yeah. think. She's very childlike in how she deals with these animals. And it's it, the same difference. That's great. Yeah. And it brings you back to that level, that primal level that we talked about earlier, yeah. where, you know, if you can identify that we are not... We're just another species yeah, versus sad. being the dominant species, yeah, which sad. is – it is what it is. There are people that feel that way. It's their opinion. But if you identify yeah. – my, my, my son's like, well, do, do chickens have uh, – are chickens smart? And I go, oh, not really. He goes, okay, I'll eat those. Right, turkey right. smart? No, nah, not really. I'll eat those. So but what about you, cows? We just judge if they're smart. Yeah, we yeah. basically are based they on smart. Based then on I'll the, eat yeah, them if they're stupid. <laughs> but if they're smart, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. But it's yeah. if you think about it in this way of like you Eggs know squirrels, people look at oh it's a rodent. Well, there are people that view that, yeah. and then there are people that don't. Yeah. And I appreciate that you don't because don't. I'm the same way. We, we feed the squirrels smart. on our uh, yeah. on our deck or whatever. But this in the cats are the same way. I had a cat that lived from the day it was born to the day it died. And 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 it was like a, every, like any other living thing. Well, no, no, my mom. No. Day is born he day. had the cat. No, that, I, I gave birth it's to the cat. Right, right. I, no, my my mom found this cat in a uh, in a park. It was trying to nurse from its dead mother, and all the other kittens had oh, died. It was the only. Uh, it was a runt, and yeah. she brought it home. We nursed it with a bottle, and it grew. It was the size oh, of a matchbox car. Yeah, sure. Wow. And then it and then it lived to be twenty years old. There's a great writer named Patricia Polacco. She's yeah. a uh, children's book writer. We know the yeah. name. Yeah. And she's and she she I met her as my cat was starting to die and, and had a tumor and mm. and she said, well, you know what? Because my kids would pray for Katie can tell you the story. My kids would pray for the cat every morning. They'd ask, oh, how's Cheech doing? And so we would do like this prayer together. And she said, you know, my cat lived to be thirty. Wow! And oh, I said, "Really? It's okay." That's wow. How does that, that happen? She lived on a farm in Michigan, and she said, "I think it was the farm life that that kept it alive." That's, that's bananas. You know, Ooh, that's, that's bananas. bananas. So yeah. she, you can quote me on that. And uh, so this idea that that animals are important, sacred, I appreciate that. You yeah. know, and that you guys take in these animals, and, and yeah. even whether it's a squirrel or whether it's a bear. Yeah. One one quick yeah. story about about nine months ago, we had this ancient cat. He was he was he was he was very tall. He was very long, but he weighed nothing, maybe six pounds. And he shows up on the property looking like death. He just found us, so we brought him back to health, blah blah. And we named him Straby after Stray and Baby Straby, and, um, and we named him Straby. Straby, and, uh, yes. and uh, <laughs> he lived about about nine months, and. Uh, then he just he had he had kidney failure, uh. and uh, but but uh, but you know once again it, it it was like we're here for that apparently because he had no reason to show up and he did so uh, we uh, we uh, we got him well so he died delicately not not miserably I think that's important I think yeah. I don't know absolutely we you know very it's yeah can we all just hold hands no <laughs> um, you know and and and. And to kind of slowly wrap it up, uh, going back again to 
our favorite movie of all time, Best of the Best. And, and this heart, this heart that Alex Grady exhibits, that you exhibit, it's so it's such an honor to meet you in person, both you and Eliza, because it it's such a breath of fresh air to meet somebody that you've grown up idealizing in one way and to meet in person and go, you know what? You're a really good person. Yeah, I think we're ending on too high of a note. Like, can you be an asshole for like just so we leave and be like, okay, we didn't, you don't don't meet your heroes. We get it. Like, just <laughs> it is it is an absolute is pleasure and honor to have you on our show. And thank you so yeah, much for giving you, up your you time, both. both of you. Truly, uh, it really yeah. means a lot. And sharing your stories with us, sharing who you are as a person, not just a character. <laughs> I am so moved. Thank you so much. This has been so easy and such a pleasure. And it seldom is, by the way. Oh, good. Well, it's always like a nightmare. Oh, my God, here we go. <laughs> with that here we go. You know, um, what was it like working with uh, yeah, Barbara Streisand through? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Eric Roberts. Thank you so much for thank being thank on you. our show. You betcha. All right, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2 Podcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.